The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's eight minutes past eight and time for the Forum at Eight here on SAFM. And thank you so much if you've been with us all morning. If you've just joined us, welcome to the show. And of course, this morning we are focusing on the AMCO strike. We've had tons of SMSs and tweets coming through, Facebook messages as well about uh, the AMCO strike. So please give us a call on 891 Lines will be open. We'll start taking your calls right now so that we can hear your views on this particular matter. Now, the five month-long strike in the platinum sector is finally over. Yesterday, AMCO President Joseph Matunja addressed a packed Royal Bafokeng Stadium in Rustenburg, giving striking mine workers details of the settlements from three main platinum producers. Matunja is expected to sign wage agreements with the platinum producers later today. And addressing the workers, Matunja said that the platinum sector will never be the same again. He also said that AMCO was able to achieve in five months what others could not do in 20 years. On the forum at 8 this morning, we asked two questions. Is this deal going to kickstart the economy, number one? And do you think that it will improve traditional worker-employer relations in the mining sector? Love to hear your views on those, so please get in. 34701 is the SMS line. You can tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM. You can also give us a call on 0891-104-208. And uh, we have several guests uh, joining us this morning for this discussion. Uh, firstly, we have uh, Ross Harvey, who is a senior researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs. And Ross will be staying with us throughout this hour. Ross, thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Now, Ross, uh, many economists talking about winners and losers at this point with regard to the strike. What's your take on it? Look, I'm frankly glad that it's over. Um, I think that had it gone on much longer, we'd have definitely headed for taxation. Uh, already we were at risk of recession. However, I do think that the strike has has achieved uh, probably not as much as Matunja obtained, but certainly it, it has achieved uh, a groundbreaking shift both in labour relations uh, and in, in terms of how uh, employers will relate to labour in the future. And we're also joined at this point uh, by Minerals and Resources Minister Advocate Nwako Ramathodi. Minister, thank you so much for coming through to us this morning. Good morning. Now, we know that uh, you also intervened uh, to try and break this impasse. And what are your sentiments now that the strike is finally over? Well, um, I'm immensely pleased as I think the whole country is. Um, we, we, we are hoping that uh, the country can then move forward from here. You were talking about uh, some of the weaknesses that perhaps you identified during your brief intervention. Uh, can you just talk to us about those again, as, for example, the deadlock-breaking mechanisms? Well, um the current labor uh, regime in the country um, does not provide for, in the legal sense, a government to be able to invoke uh, certain injunctions to to break a deadlock between the parties. Primary parties in here is the employers and the, and the workers. 
that's basically what it is. Um, so, so I I felt that we needed something of that sort. I've had discussions with the, the Minister of Labour, and I found that she's actively investigating that area as well. In fact, that is her proper uh, responsibility. Now, by the time your intervention happened, Minister, you know, there was a lot of criticism that government perhaps should have come in a lot sooner to try and intervene. Well, uh, that's what under the bridge. Uh, what we did once we took office uh, in the middle of the strike, uh, I, I had to, to analyze what, what, what had gone wrong. And I came to a conclusion that uh, the strike had reached the point where it was beyond an industrial, purely industrial action. And therefore it needed political management. Uh, and that's the enkelettons I entered uh, that uh, facilitation. I never negotiated. What I did was to facilitate. And when you facilitate, then you involve other players who may not even be traditionally invited into such uh, discourses. And of course, uh, Minister Nwako Ramathodi there, and uh, him, he's giving us his sentiments on this particular strike. As I said, the lines are open, so we will take uh, your contributions because uh, you've been sending them all morning. So 0891-104-208, we'll try and fit in as many of them as we can. Now, Ross Harvey, you said uh, previously that perhaps uh, the gains for the miners were not as much or as many as Joseph Matundra actually claims. Talk to us about that? So, look, I mean, he, he claims that he has achieved for miners in five months what NUM was unable to achieve in the last 20 years. And I, I think that that's an overstatement uh, in in two respects, but it it carries an element of truth in another respect, and I'll speak through those. So, materially, uh, the gains uh, are large. However, what he has not yet mentioned are the, the potential repercussions of the increase on the industry in terms of likely future restructuring. However, uh, if the industry does turn around and we end up with a more competitive mining sector that is better able to exploit its resources, then you know one hopes there'd be a lifting or rising tide uh, that would overcome the potential negative effects of restructuring. But in itself, uh, the fact is that Mine workers will take an enormously long time to repay uh, or, to, or to regain uh, the losses that they've incurred in the last five months. And I think this is a really important point. Um, and workers at some level must have believed that incurring loss for this long was worth it in the long run. So it may not be that they ever recover these wages materially, and this comes to the elements of truth which I think is contained in what Matunza had to say, and that is that actually uh, this may really have shifted the game in such a way as that future generations of mine workers will benefit. Uh, I think that we should be circumspect. I mean, it, it would be... Uh, it would probably be naive to say, look, this has changed the game forever in fundamental ways. Um, there are some fundamental ways in which the, the game has changed, uh, but uh, 
you know, whether this really does bode well for future generations of mine workers, there are so many other dynamics to factor into the equation that we can't yet quite say. Materially, for now, the fact that there's a thousand rand increase backdated to the July last year, uh, I think that is significant. And, you know, one hopes that this kind of lays the bedrock for a more, uh, a more sustainable industry. Um, although that also depends on trust. So I think the, the big issue now uh, is whether AMCU will be able, uh, and employers will, will be able to forge a new level of trust uh, that, that gives impetus to changing institutions. And the minister was quite right in pointing out that uh, there are institutional arrangements regarding labour-employer relations that do have to change. And, of course, the lines are open. And uh, just looking at some of the messages coming through, uh, this one here says, uh, Amku's uh, victory officially marks the end of Noom. Uh, another one uh, from Kosi Maketuka in uh, PE says, Amku has won. They managed to restore some dignity of indigenous Africans that Ramaphosa, Mantashe yeah. and Noom failed to achieve over 30 years. Aluta Continuama Africa, we are yet to own our country and her resources. We fought for the freedom of expression, and that's from Kosi. Let's go to the lines, 891 Desmond Makanya is calling us from uh, Amanzintoti. Good morning. Uh, also, greetings to the Tennessee Ramatodi and, and the other gentlemen on the panel. I'm very Good happy morning. to have this opportunity. Uh, I must say that uh, I, I, I must, um, I'm, ease, I'm at ease now. Since the the, 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 the strike is over, and I, I must thank uh, Mr. Ramatodi for his intervention. And again, I'm, I'm also in future, I'm, I'm asking that uh, the ALA, the, the intervention by the government would be um, actually recommended. And again, just to say what happened in some country lo- lo- time, long time ago, when, when there was a, a long strike, uh, the, 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 the government intervened illegally and said there will be 72 days of, of a cooling period, which actually will mean mm. that uh, people go back to work. And then mm. during the, the, those 72 days, people are also, I mean, the, 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 the people are pertaining and so doing something to end the strike while people are not mm. getting hungry. So that by the end of the 72 days, people are, I will actually find out what was reached during the 72 days. So I'm very happy. I'm also part-time. I'm just an old man, but I like the country to benefit. I think the government has had a wake-up call now. Thank you very much, Mr. Ramatodi. Thank you very much for, 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 for Sakina arranging this this uh, this talk. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And, of course, we appreciate all your opinions, all your sentiments. Peter and Durban, good morning. Good morning. Um, I've just got a few points that I want to place on the table this morning. The one is I believe that it's better for profits to be in the pockets of workers who will spend it into the economy than to have the profits in the pockets of shareholders who will put it in banks and nobody benefits from it. That's my first point. My second point is that big business is sitting on billions and they're holding this country at ransom and they're not reinvesting that money in the government is doing endlessly and more than they can with the NDP projects. The third point that I want to make is that I believe government should stay out of uh, worker-employer uh, uh, issues 
They should not amend the laws. The laws are, if anything, to the benefit of big business. And then thirdly, and, and uh, sorry, fourthly and lastly, I believe that big business are, are economic terrorists. They, they plan ahead, they build up reserves with the anticipation that the worker won't be, out, won't be able to um, outlive the strike. And what this strike has done more than any strike has shown that the grassroots people in South Africa is now sick and tired of being exploited uh, by big business. And I say, viva Amku, viva. Thank you so much. Peter, Hassan Logat, you're calling us from Johannesburg. Good morning. Hi. So I think uh, maybe the material gains are not that great, but at least what I think Amku may have highlighted is to suggest that there's something wrong with the role government, how government relates to new actors, new trade union movements and that, because the perception remains that the minister and our government is partial to, to the NUM and others, uh, the unions that I work for, Kosato unions. So I think that th- that is one point that I think must come up. And secondly, I think that the employer, the last speaker with, with some variation, I agree with his sentiment, that, that uh, uh, the bosses didn't lose out that much. So really don't talk about the economy. These guys stockpiled, they prepared for it, and in fact, Longman reneged on the first agreement they made with the union. So let's get it clear here. These guys prepared for this fight. Mm, thank you so much, Hassan. Uh, let's get a response May first from a minister. Minister? Yeah, I want to come in on that. Uh, you know, the uh, first statement I made when I took, after I took uh, the oath was that uh, if government was perceived to be part of the obstacles to the solution, that should be direct from that moment on. And then... Um, I think we have conducted ourselves in a manner that has assisted the process to a point where now we've got a resolution. But that's the one point I want to make. Because once we take oath of office, we should be prepared to treat all South Africans in equal measure. Because that's what the office enjoins us to do. And that's how I intend to treat all the South African citizens uh, with equality, impartiality, respect, and they'll get that from our office, and I believe from the office of the government as well. On the forum at eight, we're talking AMCU and, of course, the end of the strike. And we are asking you this morning, is this deal going to kickstart the country's economy? And also, will it improve traditional worker-employer relations in the mining sector? Currently, we are speaking to a Minister of Minerals and Resources, Advocate Nwako Ramathodi, as well as Ross Harvey, Senior Researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs. The lines are open 891 SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. Here at Isuzu, we have a can-do attitude, so we are doing all we can to get you behind the wheel of the best value double cab bucky around. A bucky which offers you class-leading fuel economy and legendary ride comfort. Need help with your trading? Can-do. Need deal assistance? Can-do. Don't have the budget but still want the accessories? Can-do. Get to a dealer today for specially structured double cab deals, tailor-made to suit your budget. You know you can. Isuzu delivers.
SAFM invites you to be part of one of South Africa's finest gatherings of jazz musicians under one roof. The Standard Bank Jazz Festival from the 3rd of July, featuring the talents of Carl Shepard, Hugh Masekela, Jimmy Tlutlu, Lira, and multi-Grammy award-winning Maria Schneider. The winter days and night in Grandstown are going to be hotter than ever. SAFM is the official radio partner of the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. Book now at nationalartsfestival.co.za and join us there. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning on the Forum at 8. We are asking... Is uh, the current deal that has been struck uh, on the platinum sector, in the platinum sector rather, is it going to kickstart the, uh, the country's economy and will it improve traditional worker-employer relations in the mining sector? We have with us currently um, Minister of Minerals and Resources, Advocate Nwako Ramathodi, who will be leaving us shortly. So if you have a question that you'd like to direct uh, to the minister, you better do that very quickly. And also with us this morning, Ross Harvey, Senior Research at the South African Institute of International Affairs. I just want to run through some of the uh, messages coming through on social media platforms. Uh, Tapeding Wepe says, this government could learn from Matunjwa, hold off the insults, stick to the facts and feedback to your employers, the workers. And Simon Mbele says, uh, the caller is wrong for praising the ministry's intervention as it was nothing but fruitless. Viva Matunjwa, Viva Amku. And then uh, this one from Lenetti. Lenetti says, Amku must take over from Satau, the security sector, because Satau is dead and buried. And everybody now seems to be calling for, uh, for Amku to uh, start uh, other affiliates that they could join. So uh, those are some of the messages coming through on Twitter. Turning to SMSs, uh, Sajini Ndenze says, there is no winner. Uh, now that the strike is over, I'm happy because I have seen many families suffering. Les in Durban says the only winner, uh, winners are the egotistical Gucci-suited union bosses. Our weak government is also to blame. And Busi Jikele in Umlazi in Durban says, Amku's strike, uh, what about families who lost breadwinners? Will they be taken care of? It's sad because nobody will remember them. Those are some of the messages. I'll read some from uh, Facebook in just a while. But let's go to a non in uh, Umzimkulu. Good morning. Good morning, Zagin. How are you? Well, and you? I'm all right. Uh, I think number one would appreciate if that the minister can actually raise his voice because we can hardly hear what he's saying. Our apologies yeah. for that. Yeah, number one. Number two, I think the, the, the other two callers, I think one was from uh, Durban, the other two were from Jobek. I agree with them. You know, these guys deserve this. And they have worked hard for it. And it shouldn't, we shouldn't be hearing comments that it's going to have an adverse effect on the economy. I think the point of the issue is that they deserve what they've uh, been fighting for. And uh, it's going to make a difference in their lives. I mean, they've been, they're working hard, you know, um, at the mine. So they have to be rewarded in this manner. So I agree with uh, Mr. Matunjwa. Uh, they have actually achieved something out of this year. Thank you so much, Anonymous. James and Joba, good morning. Good morning, yes. It's, uh, it's James. Yes, James. Can you hear me Clearly, James. Yes, yeah, just two points. There was an allegation of uh, platinum, uh, um, uh, sorry, the issue of uh, underselling the, the platinum to the overseas market. I think that needs to be investigated. The, first, the second one is the, 
We've got, we currently have got an oversupply of platinum on the world market. Clearly, this strike was in the benefit of big business to have it as long as possible so that at least the prices can, can go up again. I mean, we are the biggest producer of platinum. Why can the government form almost like the oil cartels where the price of resources mined in this country are controlled so that we get good price for our resources? At the moment, we're just dumping our resources at low prices. Those are just my points, uh, Sakina. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, James. And uh, perhaps let's get uh, Minister Ramathori to give us his uh, parting remarks and also response to the question that was raised there. Minister? Um, I I just want to say um, I'm very grateful to all those who, who, who have contributed towards the end of the strike. Um, initially, in the first instance, the parties themselves, that is business and the workers, and secondly, all those who were brought on board, uh, for whatever reason they might have participated. At the end of the day, we had a good ending. I had an interesting discussion with uh, Advocate Dalimbofu the other day. He was saying to me, uh, some people are accusing him of having a politi- political agenda in uh, uh, assisting the process of resolution of this issue. And my response to him as advocate, I don't care whether you've got a political agenda or you don't. What I want from you is to help us to end the strike. And in a way that is just and fair to everybody. Now, that's the attitude that I brought into this office. All South Africans are uh, invited to participate. I don't want to claim glory for anything because I've not achieved much myself, but the actual players themselves managed to find one another. With regard to the issue... Minister, I'm going to have to uh, stop you there thank because you. we are into thank news you. time Let already. But Let thank you so much you. for your time this morning, Minerals and Resources Minister Advocate Nwako Ramathodi, saying he's just glad the parties could find one another. 29 minutes before uh, 9 right now, and time for news headlines with Vibakshni Chetty. And with 26 minutes to go before the hour of 9, it's time to catch up with Rowena Bird to find out what's coming up on Morning Talk. Good morning, Sakina. Coming up on Morning Talk this uh, this morning, whilst you are talking about the five-month strike in the platinum sector having ended yesterday, Sakina, I will take a, a slight twist to that. We're going to focus on why the strike took so long before a settlement could be reached, and also the fact that uh, the General Secretary of the Trade Union Solidarity has said that the agenda of AMCO's leadership is clearly political, and that they're advancing the cause of socialism, and this despite uh, socialism having failed dismally everywhere it has been tried. So our conversation will revolve around that in the first hour and obviously we'll also be joined by Mr. Joseph Matundra as well. In the second hour we'll be joined by Brian Hirsch on the personal finance slot and today being the last Tuesday of the month we will have a whole hour with Brian and he'll be dealing with all outstanding matters which uh, you may want to raise with him. In the final hour of the program today we're going to talk about the 135 year old St. John's College in the Eastern Cape and find out what the secret to its success is and that's the show for today. Thank you Sakina As part of our country's 20 years of freedom celebration SAFM has once again partnered with the Samafco Trust to bring the 6th annual OR Tambo AG Tour to Tanzania 
To stand a chance to be one of the young people to embark on this all-expenses-paid Liberation Heritage Tour, enter the essay writing competition by visiting oret.org.za and choose one of the listed topics or call 011-339-7900 for additional info or sfm.co.za. Stay tuned to SFM for more details about the OR Tambo Editor. SFM, in partnership with the Somafco Trust. Closing date is 30th of June. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for staying tuned to AM Live this morning. It is the forum at 8, 24 minutes before 9 right now. And this morning we are asking, is this deal uh, going to kickstart the country's economy and improve traditional worker-employer relationships in the mining sector? The deal we are referring to, of course, is uh, the uh, deal that is going to be signed this morning uh, by Joseph Matunja on behalf of AMCO members with the platinum producers in the country. And just reading some of the messages coming through and Paul Bryson says I commend the minister's intervention indeed the miners are winners salary disparities in all sectors need to be revised and Sisanda says Viva Amku, government didn't care about the employees, uh, minister's intervention was so lame Amku must continue the fight though some of the responses coming through we have of course let go of Minister Nwakora Matlodi but uh, we still have with us Ross, uh, Ross Harvey who is a senior researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs, and we are joined now by Peter Major, who is a mining analyst and head of mining at Cadiz Corporate Solutions. Peter, thanks for your time this morning. Welcome, Patricia. Now, uh, before I come to you, Peter, I just want to go back to uh, some of the issues raised by earlier callers um, with Roz. Now, Roz, uh, Peter was talking about profits, you know, being better in the pockets of miners as opposed to sitting in bank accounts, which is where they would go if the bigwigs actually got it. Yeah, look, there's a... I think that's unfortunately throwing a baby out with the bathwater. If I recall correctly, that was the same caller who characterized business as um, economic terrorists. Uh, and I, I really think that that's an, you know, an unfortunate and unhelpful categorization, um, given the kind of volatility that's running around the struts. But taking the point that was made, uh, profit better in the hands of workers, and I certainly think uh, Peter Major would agree here that Profit-sharing schemes uh, and share ownership schemes are definitely one of a whole gamut of possible mechanisms that can help the industry moving forward. Now, having said that, it's really important to remember that platinum is not nearly as lucrative as it was as a business five years ago. Now, the platinum price over the last three years has dropped uh, from a peak of around $1,800 an ounce to now around $1,400 an ounce. It's also important to remember that the actual structure of the platinum reefs on the platinum belt uh, make accessibility that much more difficult. Um, so you've got narrow, uh, angular slopes. Uh, that's different to flat reef uh, platinum deposits that you find further north of the Bushfield Igneous Complex. So I, I think we need to be really careful when we start talking about how profit needs to be in the hands of workers and so on. There, there's, there's often 
in defense of business, uh, an illusion that mining is more profitable than it actually is. Now, there is an issue around stockpiling and, and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, some callers saying, look, you know, business were prepared for this. They said, you know, we're, we're a monopoly supplier of platinum, and so, of course, businesses could afford to hold out and just wait for the price to rise. We haven't actually seen the price rise nearly as much as one would have expected if that argument were to hold true. Uh, the other issue is palladium substitution, uh, a very slow recovery uh, in the EU. Uh, the EU are the, the predominant market for catalytic converters, most of which are produced in South Africa, and that's one of Platinum's kind of major contributions to industry, um, and that's where a lot of the value is added. Now, with palladium substitution, Platinum becomes even more marginal. So the dynamics informing profit generation in platinum are different now uh, to what they were five years ago, and certainly during the commodity boom from 2001 to 2008. So, yes, employee share ownership, great profit sharing, uh, potentially useful, but definitely not the, um, it's not the silver bullet. Uh, Trust Mm -hmm. and employee, an employee ethos of real care uh, is probably likely to go further um, because that will result in other creative opportunities. Let me bring Peter Major in here. Peter, uh, we've heard a lot about uh, the impact of the strike on the economy, but have we spoken enough about what perhaps led to this particular strike? How we and have we addressed the issue of the wage gap and wage disparities and how that has been brought to the fore in this particular strike? No, not really. Look, how did we get in this situation? It's easy. The inmates are running the asylum. Everybody's an expert. Nobody knows nothing, but they're all experts. we got government ministers, economists, um, union officials. They're all telling us how to run the mines. That's why we don't have Stephen Jobs, Mark Shuttleworth, or Elon Musk here, because nobody can tell Stephen Jobs how to make cell phones. But why can all those people tell us how to make mines? The platinum price has gone up 9% a year for the last 13 years. 9% a year. Everybody on the mines has got a double-digit increase in that time. The total working costs on the mines have gone up 17 18% a year. There are no profits. So it, it's stupid to say we want a bigger share of profits. There's no profits. Azico, none, nil. And there's no industry. The industry is falling rapidly. It's, it's irrelevant. Whatever the platinum price does... We have less men, we mine less ounces, just like the gold industry. For 20 years, we've had less men, we mine less gold. Now 75% of the gold industry is closed, and this is being closed under the highest gold prices we've ever seen. The last 10 years were the greatest commodity boom the world's ever seen. We're the only country that has 6,000 abandoned mines. So our productivity is where it was in 1903. Even with all these modern machines, all this modern mechanization, we are producing less ounces per man than in 1904, 1906, when they did everything with hand steel and hammers. So that shows you how broken the system is because of all these experts that are now running it, and demagogues and media stars are now making policy. But why do you think that message is so difficult to sell, Peter? Um, especially if you think of things like uh, mining executives, mining bosses who are taking away, you know, millions of rands in bonuses. Look, there are some execs that are overpaid. Not all of them, but some are. And I wish I could fire the ones overpaid today. But I wish we could fire some of the government execs. 
See, government leads the way. Government is supposed to be leadership. And when you see what government did to ESCOM salaries, to South African broadcasting salaries, to transnet salaries, if you look at the government salaries in the last 12, 13 years, they've escalated much more rapidly than industrial salaries on the private sector. And the difference is the private sector, you could sell your share. But government, you can't sell it. Even if you vote against it, what does your vote matter? So government needs to lead by example. They need to uphold the Constitution. <laughs> We've had more illegal strikes than legal strikes the last four years. So we will never get investment here when we're the land of illegal strikes and we have inmates running the asylum. And um, that, of course, was uh, Peter Major dropping in, mining analyst and head of mining at KD's Corporate Solutions. We also have Bishop Joe Sioka joining us. Bishop, thank you so much for your time this morning. I'm going to ask you to please hold on whilst we go to the callers and just take their input, and then I'll bring you into the discussion. Uh, Joseph is calling us from the Val. Good morning, Joseph. Hello. Good morning, Marina. Well, uh, welcome to Sakina's uh, edition. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joseph. What's your question or yes. comment? Yes, my, my comment is first, uh, there's one individual that has not been mentioned towards the contribution in trying to resolve at a very early stage that as NACDO that we appreciated, the Minister of Labor, Mildred Oliver. She tried her best and she even at one time wanted to take the keys throw them away, the mining houses and AMCO and NAGDU to come to a solution. And at that time, the mining houses were not ready to settle because at that time we were talking about 1,050, which we were willing to recommend to our members. Secondly, the Minister of uh, Mineral Resources, I mean, he came with vigor, and we appreciate his efforts, everything that he did. Coming to the question that we have asked, Sorina, uh, indeed, in our view as NACTO, this country, this settlement will kickstart the economy because if this settlement was done long time, a month or one and a month ago, South Africa would have not been downgraded by essence poor and fish. Mm-hmm. And secondly, as well, the if you put more money into the pockets of the workers that is going to happen now, is indeed going to have to improve the relationship and the respect between the ordinary workers on the ground. Last. Okay. All right. Got you there, Joseph, from the Val. I'm right in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Katina. Can you hear me? I can hear you clearly, I'm right. Good morning to your guest. Now, I would like to say that I only hope that the miners out of Venus, right? Because for many, many years, the bosses of the mines, they have been exploiting the mine workers, right? And it is time now that these bosses of the mines, they have come to some realization. And they have come to some realization to understand that they can't take the people for slaves anymore because they have to be transparency and no transparency in the business so that everybody can live a good life and everybody can be happy working and there must be good relationships 
Thank you, Sokina. Thank you so much, Amrat. Uh, Peter, you're in Pretoria. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Sakina. I have two comments and a quick question. First comment is I, every single person deserves to earn a decent salary. The second question, or the second comment, I think it is immoral for um, some CEOs to earn so much money while um, the workers who put their lives at risk every morning um, struggle just to earn a living wage. But my question actually to your guests are, um, is this. I was in um, Detroit three weeks ago. In the 70s and 80s, Detroit was a thriving city of two million people. Today, they have Detroit has declared bankruptcy. They have 600,000 people um, who have an infrastructure that is geared for two million people. And the, the city has shrunk so much, and it's all due to the power of the union. So my question is, when does the power of the unions become too great that it actually puts the country at risk? That would Okay, got you there, uh, Peter. Thank you so much. Uh, let's welcome Bishop Sioka. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Bishop. Thank you very much, uh, Christina, for having me, and uh, good morning to your guests. Now, before we even get into answering some of the questions, you were part of uh, the negotiating team. It must have been very difficult. It was uh, very stressful, uh, yet there was joy in um, seeing people moving closer to each other, uh, despite the difficulties uh, that uh, were challenging to them. And so uh, it has been a very trying time for both uh, the producers and the workers, especially the leadership of the uh, union. And so it was, um, for me, um, fulfilling to be part of that uh, experience, just being there providing the spiritual energy that is necessary in these things, yet is always uh, missing. Bishop, five whole months. Um, was there any point where you thought this could have been done sooner, this deal could have been concluded sometime sooner? Oh, yes. Um, it's a pity that uh, it, it, it has taken so long and brought about so much suffering, even the loss of life before a solution is found. There were times when the producers and the union were so close that we thought uh, this was the day. And then, of course, when they went back to their principles, uh, the ball game changed. Uh, but we're very grateful now that we have reached a stage where Mr. Matunjwa and the producers will be signing a settlement. And we're looking forward to um, working together of all stakeholders to improve the quality of lives of the workers in this country. And, of course, to also to contribute meaningfully uh, collectively um, for the growth of our economy because it has taken a strain. So uh, this, this whole deal now is mm-hmm. actually very good for, for, the, for the economy. But the important thing, you know, Sakina, it's not so much money. I think for me, as I've always said, it has been uh, a struggle for human dignity. Um, workers have been given a, a raw deal um, in terms of the working conditions, living conditions, let alone the, 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 the wages they get, because if we were to compare that with what the CEO's salaries are, uh, one of them actually did admit to me that it is actually sinful. And um, he would um, be ashamed 
to receive it, but the company, uh, through its board, decides on his uh, uh, salary. And so we were trying also to say to uh, the producers, uh, the CEOs in particular, they need to learn to share what God has so freely given uh, to this nation because we are a, a very wealthy uh, nation in terms of uh, mineral resources. Bishop Shioka, thank you so much for your time this morning, sharing his sentiments uh, as he was, of course, part of uh, the mediating team uh, to those talks in the platinum sector. We still have with us Ross Harvey, a senior researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs. Ross, um, just uh, looking at what uh, the three callers, Joseph, Amrat and Peter, raised. Firstly, the role played by the Minister of Labor, Mildred Oliphant. What was your assessment of that? You know, look, I have to say, Kenna, that uh, the government were really uh, at a bit of a loss regarding solutions. So the, the Minister of, of Labour was conspicuously absent from, from most of these negotiations. Uh, Minister Ramaklodi, uh, for all his newfound vigour as the new minister, um, wasn't able to have much of an impact. And I think that that really is a, a result of two things. One, uh, NUM's close relationship with government, Kosato um, Affiliated Union, uh, really uh, suffering in the wake of loss of power. Um, and and certainly initially, I mean, post-Marikana, uh, former Mineral Resources Minister Susan Shabangu uh, famously or infamously said, well, who is Amku? Uh, so there's been a long, a long-standing reluctance uh, of government to recognise AMCO as a legitimate union, which I think has been part of the problem. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I couldn't, in good conscience, say yes. No, government did a brilliant job of trying to resolve this strike. Um, and I think that, in part, because they lacked legitimacy, it, it's, it's also partially a function of the fact that the CCMA is run under the Department of Labour. If you want to a serious uh, conciliation, mediation, and arbitration body. It has to be independent. Uh, you, you need a, a almost a, a chapter nine institution, uh, which which runs uh, without fear or favour, uh, and has the credibility and the teeth with, with which to mediate these kind of strikes. Um, the other issue, and, and also in response to a question around you know, when is it that unions become too powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certainly we we see that Kasato affiliated unions have been too powerful. Uh, they've certainly been part of the problem. Uh, it's part of the kind of perverse repercussions of a tripartite alliance where Labour is not independent of uh, of the ruling coalition. I think that actually puts Labour at a disadvantage. Uh, and then the Labour legislation itself creates a perverse incentive because of the way it's structured to become the majority re- re- officially recognised union on any given mind because of the closed shop arrangements. Now, that certainly needs to change. I mean, most commentators are in agreement that we have to democratise labour relations. I think that would make government's job significantly easier. But we have to remember that uh, the ANC itself voted against the very balloting amendments that they had introduced. And I see that there was comments in the paper this morning that balloting won't make a difference and so on. Uh, But actually, balloting would be a very important means by which 
you overcome this difficulty at the moment where union bosses, certainly this was the case with NUM, were able to exploit uh, financial illiteracy among workers. Uh, and that that is still a risk. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I certainly I think we need to democratize labor relations. Um, that would make government's role easier. They would be uh, a more independent player also if the CCMA were the move to a kind of Chatsunam institution. Mm. And just uh, looking at Facebook, uh, Bonisani Ngawe says, even though the 12,500 Rand was uh, fighting for was not achieved, um, AMCU has shown many how uh, so-called unions have to fight for the basic needs of workers. And Zippo says, workers and the future generations will work on the platinum sector. AMCU is a vehicle for change, a beacon of hope to Africans whom 20 years into democracy are still earning slave wages. We know you love good live music, yet you don't always have time to go out to shows. We say parks and clubs are not the only places where you can get your groove on to your favorite artists on stage. All you need is your TV set, couch, remote control, and maybe a blankie. Catch Africa Bay every Wednesday at 10 p.m. as we celebrate 20 years of the best South African jazz, Afropop, soul, and all your other favorite genres. Hear it, feel it, live it, only on SABC2. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Three more minutes to go before we have to uh, say goodbye. And uh, just looking at some of the messages on Facebook again, um, Evra says, nobody benefited and the worst is the workers. Uh, Lucan says, I only know that the miners lost a lot, yet not much benefited. I mean, it will take some of them three years to earn that 12,500 rand. Excuse me there. And then um, Ziam Piri says the workers did benefit from their sacrifices to the end further exploitation by these employers. And Amuela Tebojo says working class power, the workers have benefited since they will subsequently get their 12,500, not so long within three years. Uh, these are the battles to be fought. Matunja is the man. And then just looking at uh, Twitter here and uh, what some people are saying. Um, uh, Sipo Kosa says, as a South African, Amku victory means the beginning of ending slavery in the modern age. And many people share that uh, particular sentiment, Ross, saying that this was absolutely necessary. Uh, but uh, just before I go, I see people, are they want to get in. Let me just take these two very quickly before you respond, Ross. Um, Sipo and Joshua, very briefly, Sipo and Santon. Hey, madam, uh, I just heard your, one of your guests saying there are no profits, but it's strange because they are busy looking our country. Where are the profits going to? So we must misinform the public by saying there are no profits in the mining. If there are no profits, they can just back and go back to Europe. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Sipo. Joshua and Port Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Um, my view is that the, the strike wasn't a success because the union wanted 12,500 rand this year, but they will only now get it in 2017. And if you take an average increase of 8% per year, by 2017 they would have received 15,800 rand. So uh, my view is that it wasn't a success. Okay, thank you so much, Joshua. And with that, I'm giving you literally 15 seconds to wrap, Ross. 
Yeah, look, two points. Um, I think Matundra did show leadership. Uh, very critical point that he made uh, that you see in the minor shutdown documentary when the police went into escort him to the workers. He said, these people are human beings. And he said he reiterated that twice. And I think that he showed leadership that gave him credibility. And I do think that Amku have made it an indelible mark on post Marikana post-1994 labor relations. Um, now is the fight for credibility and to rebuild trust. Uh, and then finally, my hope is that AMCU are going to be able to ensure that employers or capital uh, overcome their proclivity for mere compliance uh, with an ethos of real compassion and empathy for workers. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Ross Harvey, Senior Researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs. Thank you so much. Fantastic participation, as always. And uh, Jabulani Wasevoti says, how do I join AMCU and is it available only in mines? And I can't tell you how many times this particular question has come up this morning. AMCU, speak to the people. And we're going to leave it there. Thanks, as always, for your fantastic participation and also to the production team who made sure it went out loud and clear. It is 9 o'clock clock and time for the news with Vibakshni Chetty.